what a game he's played. Viney, what a game he's played. Steins against Morris. Morris went through without the ball. Todd Viney has been absolutely sensational. This one was trapped just inside. Inside Melbourne this week, Clint Stanaway with you. Ben Gibson's back on the podcast. Good to be back once again. We're heading deep into the archives. We're taking a trip down memory lane because it's retro round this weekend. Uh, do you have a favourite demon memory, Ben? Uh, well, I'm only 22, so <laughs> I don't have too many memories of our guest today, but uh, Brad Green was a favourite of mine back in the day. Was he there? He'd, he'd love to hear that. He listens to the uh, podcast each and every week. Uh, you alluded to our special guest. It is none other than Todd Viney. Welcome, Todd. Yeah, thanks, Clint. Great to have you. Uh, retro round, it's surely the case that you wear the headband around the office all week. Is that the case? <laughs> well, no, I haven't bought it out for a while, but um, this week certainly uh, with retro round coming up, it's been something that I've thought about, uh, but I haven't had a lot of support from my colleagues or my te- uh, teammates, <laughs> former teammates, that thought I was an idiot then, and they still think <laughs> I'm an idiot now. 233 games for the Ds between 87 and 99, a two-time club champion. Uh, and doing some great work at the club right here, right now. Uh, no doubt this place holds a special place in your heart. It does. It's been a huge part of my life. You know, been here since the age of uh, 20 or 21. So uh, it's been a big part of my life and still is. And obviously to see uh, the, uh, the the son obviously playing yes. as, as captain of the footy club is really special. So no, I, um, blue, I bleed red and blue, yep. uh, like everyone that's listening to the show, obviously member of the team of the century. How's it sort of feel to be a part of that with some iconic names of the club? Yeah, it's something when it when it, uh, when it happened, when the team was announced back in the day, it was sort of something that you, you sort of don't think a lot about. But certainly now when you think about the great history of the footy club, um, the great players that we have, to be, to be part of that team and to walk over to the MCC and see that um, team of the century photo prior to place in the, uh, in the members area, it's certainly something really special and um, the only thing I'm disappointed about really is that Ron Brassie got the starting Ruck Rover spot <laughs> and, um, you know, I was allocated to the bench. The interchange. Uh, by the way, Ben, it's great to have a Viney back on the podcast because Jack's been MIA the last... Jack, he's taken a bit of a holiday, hasn't he? Been missing in action and I've had to step in his place uh, for a few Which weeks Which you've enjoyed now, so. thoroughly as and well. And it's gone, gone to another level too, That's Ben, I must say. <laughs> that all professionalism the around the place. <laughs> Ratings are through the roof, so... Hey, uh, Todd, a very generic question to start with, but what's your favourite demon memory? Have you got one that just sits beautifully? I mean, 87 was an extraordinary year, wasn't it? Just yeah. just that run, the back end of the season. Well, it was. I mean, um, you know, that was my first year, would you believe? First year of AFL football. And um, I got asked the other day about favourite top five memories. And really, my, nearly all my memories go back to 1987 um, for so many reasons. First game getting the opportunity to play with Robbie Flowers, a childhood hero, and became such a good friend of mine. Uh, and then the run into finals, have not played finals since 64. Um, it was all about giving Robbie Flower one last chance to win the last six in a row to get there. You know, the famous game at Witten Oval. Yeah, I was there that day. Yeah, well, nearly everyone in the world exactly. was. Exactly. It was extraordinary. Um, the uh, the radios were going, listening to the uh, the result, obviously, down the Geelong Road as well. Yeah. It was um, it was saying extraordinary, wasn't no, it? No, it was. There were so many things that had to fall our way, you know, that win the last six yeah. games, as I said. But also, we needed results to go our way, and particularly in that last game um, for the Hawks to beat Geelong down there. It's always tough to win down mm. at uh, Cadinia Park. So for that to happen, three-quarter time, leaving the huddle, we were playing well, and... 
John Sell, who was the team manager at the time, um, basically lied to us <laughs> and said, uh, all we need to do is win this last quarter because um, the Hawks were touching up Geelong. And then to get, you know, three or four minutes before the siren went and a great roar went out <laughs> in the outer and uh, we thought the siren had gone, but it really was only uh, when the Hawks had just hit the front yeah. down at Cadini Park. So, so many fond memories uh, of 1987. I certainly wasn't there, but was looking at the YouTube highlights uh, just last week and that elimination final, 30 seconds in, you slot one from the boundary. Nice start to that game. It was. We had unbelievable momentum. You know, it's pre- mm. a little bit similar to last year in a lot of respects uh, for, uh, for the Demons. Uh, but, um, you know, we got into the finals on the back of those six games. Uh, nearly the whole of Victoria were barracking for Melbourne. You know, the underdog hadn't played in the finals. And then... We played North Melbourne in that first elimination final and um, packed MCC members. The ball spilled out to that member side and I managed to slot one from the wing. Now, I didn't. I was not a renowned goal kicker, so when I kick one from the boundary, you know the momentum's continuing and we're always going to win. Now, the camera angle wasn't that flattering. Did it definitely go through? Definitely. <laughs> no, definitely, and uh, I tell the story that I actually wasn't trying to kick the goal. I was actually trying to centre it and the wind blew it back. <laughs> <laughs> 88 was an interesting year too, the follow-up year. Um, when you reflect on 88, what do you, what do you think? Well, just uh, you think how now I think about, you know, that was just such an opportunity missed. Uh, missed. Yeah. Um, and you re- realise now, after all these years, that how hard it is to get to that point. Of course, yeah. Um, so we were, you know, from the back of 1987, missing the grand final in 1987 with the famous Jimmy Steins yes. uh, run across the mark. We were so close that year, but then to follow it up and get into the grand final, uh, we had a young, exciting team with some uh, more experienced players, but then to get blown out of the water on that day was certainly disappointing. It bloody rained on the day too. You always dream about grand, <laughs> grand finals and being a beautiful sunny day, but it rained. It wasn't a great sign for things to come, but the Hawks, I mean, they were an unbelievable team. You know, so many champions in that team. We were still a young team developing. Um, but to be so close, not to really put our best foot forward, get blown out of the water by a champion team, uh, was certainly disappointing. Obviously, your history with the club extends beyond your playing career. You coached five games back in 2011. Talk us through that game against Port Adelaide, last game of the season, the centre bounce. How many blokes <laughs> did you have line up? Well, I was, thought I was always an innovative coach, mm. and so I uh, decided to only go with two mid, the ruck and two midfielders in the in the, in the, in the stoppage. So... I'm not sure how that happened, but obviously communication wasn't at the fore, forefront, so we didn't do. It wasn't a great start to the game, uh, and we ended up losing. Um, but a great experience. Five games as a senior coach. I never thought I'd coach because I wasn't actually an assistant coach in that year. I was decided to get out of coaching the year before. So uh, once Jimmy uh, Steins, a great mate of mine, said, "Would you stand in for those five games?" I said yes, but it was uh, it was a lot of stress for those five weeks and only one win. So the club obviously thought, we're not making you the full-time coach. The boys this week face the Magpies at the MCG. Uh, a beautiful history with the Collingwood Football Club. Well, most of the time beautiful. Anyway, um, 1993 was a, a year that I remember fondly. I remember sitting there behind the goals at the MCG when Jacko kicked nine on Ronnie McEwen. Yeah. Um, the famous aeroplane celebration as well. Do you remember that day? That, that, I, I, that was a, it was a big day. Yeah, it was a massive, uh, massive day. And Alan Jakovic, one of the great characters of the Melbourne Footy Club, uh, over the whole journey, really, there wouldn't be too many more uh, bigger personalities. And he was in such a such great form during yeah. that period of time. He came from nowhere, and then all of a sudden was just ripping games of footy apart. 
um, flamboyant character, you know, the jumper over the head and uh, always gave the opposition a hard time, you know, but uh, magnificent player. But to beat Collingwood at any time is fantastic. Uh, MCG that day was uh, was super. And then in 94, obviously made another run through the finals under under Barmy of all people, got to a, uh, a preliminary final yeah. out west. Yeah. Uh, an- another opportunity missed, but still played some glorious footy that year. Yeah, no, it was not another... Um, you know, we've had some great... You know, although we haven't had the ultimate success, we've had some teams that yeah. have really uh, competed well and were highly respected. I reckon if you went around to the, um, most of the teams in that era and said, you're going to play Melbourne, mm. you always knew what you were going to get. It was going to be a tough game. And we we had some great results. We sort of punched above our weight. We were probably maybe a, a player short or whatever. Or some of our best players got injured probably too soon and we didn't see the best of them. Mm. Uh, but we got to another prelim. Beating West Coast, as we found out last year, beating West Coast uh, in yeah. a prelim final, I don't think they've ever lost one over there. So uh, that year we certainly ran out of uh, gas in that prelim final against a great team. And to rab- rub salt in the wounds, the uh, the bus didn't turn up and we had to walk back to the Duxton Hotel um, after the game. It's an extraordinary story, isn't it? It's, it is it, amazing. It, that's just, as you say, rubbing salt into the wounds. Yeah, and, and didn't we know it? I mean, the whole <laughs> whole city seemed to be walking back to the Duxton Hotel, so uh, <laughs> we copped it the whole way back. And for some reason, I thought we were in our, whether we had uh, the showers weren't working either, we might have been still in our footy gear. Like, it was a disaster. Sometimes when you played it, talking about retro games, when you played at Moorabbin, yeah. they found a way to make the ground really wet and heavy and muddy. <laughs> And the showers never work, so you always have a shower back at the Junction Oval after Moorabbin games. We touched on the Collingwood clash this week. We've got some pre-game entertainment. Jeff Farmer and Peter Dacos going head-to-head right? in a goal-kicking challenge. You saw a little bit of Jeff Farmer. What did you make of his skills? Oh, look, just unbelievable. He was an unbelievable player. And at the time, I didn't appreciate it as much, but when he take uh, you know mark of the year on Gary Lyon's head and... Uh, Handball to Gary when he's not looking, you know, after taking a screamer. But he could do everything, you know, that sixty meter, that sixty meter torpedo that he kicked when he started the chain of uh, of that play from a back pocket, got two handball receives, bounce, bounce, and kicked a torpedo. I mean, that's unbelievable stuff. You'd never see again. Um, so he gave me some of the biggest highlights in footy. We played in the final of the MCG one one year. I'm, I'm trying to think who it was, but he, you know, turned the game. I said him and David Schwartz were phenomenal talents and when they were on song you just knew you weren't going to get beaten good to see jeffrey back at the club his son's welcome back here anytime as well um just quickly todd you speak of um indigenous teammates uh, sean charles w- yeah. was one i loved watching yeah. do you remember the day that he actually was forced to get a chopper to training and it landed smack bang in the middle of the junction level <laughs> his do. car broke down didn't it yeah his, his car broke down and uh you know, Sean, he was one of those unbelievable talents. Um, so that was certainly a memory of mine turning up in a helicopter. Normally it's a high-priced re- recruit from interstate that would get that honour. But no, Sean, he got picked up in the chopper and landed. But the other thing that comes to mind, uh, top of mind with Sean, was when we had done all of pre-season and we were doing 100, 100-metre sprints, which mm. at the time was seen as the pinnacle of your, your pre-season competition. And you had to be extremely fit to do it. It was Shawnee's first training session. He turned up in tracksuit pants <laughs> and high-top basketball boots and did the hundred hundreds like he'd done five. <laughs> and at the last one, won the last one, the hundredth hundred, hundred by 20 metres. It was just oh, yeah. a phenomenal athlete. Unbelievable. Good stuff. Uh, all right, Todd, great reflections. We're going to get more with a former teammate of yours. You might know him, Paul Hopgood. Hoppy's going to join us on Inside Melbourne with Thanks to Zurich after this very short break. Thanks to our co-major partner and podcast sponsor, Zurich, 
For over 100 years, they've been ensuring the people and the things you truly love. And just like you, they truly love footy and they truly love Melbourne. Welcome back to Inside Melbourne. With thanks to Zurich, we face the Magpies this weekend, as we've already touched on. Um, they're destined to be some old faces in the crowd. I say old. He's not too old, but a former teammate of yours, Todd. Yes. Paul Hopgood. Yeah, Paul is a fantastic young fella. I mean, I, I say young fella because I'm about 10 years older, I reckon, <laughs> and uh, it still seems like uh, only yesterday that he was running around a brash youngster. So welcome, Paul. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Great to hear your voice, uh, Hoppy. Just first and foremost, what are you doing these days with yourself? Uh, look, uh, Clint, I've moved into uh, the business world. I uh, run a transport logistics and technology business um, called AFS Logistics. We're based out at Melbourne Airport. We've got a hundred odd employees and um, a fair customer base that we're servicing and supporting all their logistic requirements. Good stuff. You still, um, I see you around the traps at the uh, mighty MCG and on your state trips every now and then. You still love uh, going to watch the boys. You got a heavy involvement in the past players. Yeah, so I'm on the past players committee, and, and again, we've got a really good core group of past players that sort of come through the the Northy Balm Danaher era. That um, you know we stick pretty pretty close, and uh, we're we're working pretty hard as a past players group to support and help uh, each of our past players through the various transitions they're making from footy back into the real world. Paul, Ben here. Uh, times have changed a bit in football. We talk about professionalism these days. How did Todd go? How do you reckon he'd stack up against his son, Jack, these days? Oh, look, Todd was pretty professional, to be honest with you as well. We uh, uh, we weren't full-time back in the day when, when it all started. Uh, Todd was a tennis coach, so he kept himself fit from the, the, the tennis side of things as well. But um, uh, we all had a good time in the off-season, though, and a, a few of us used to come back with the additional kilos which <laughs> gave us a, uh, a good opportunity to work them off in the pre-season so uh, yeah we, uh, we we worked hard and, and played hard back in the back in the days yeah there was nothing wrong with having a beer after the game hoppy no 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 and again I think I think unfortunately this is something these guys miss out on a little bit not that um, you know having a beer after the game is a be all and end all but it's it's the camaraderie piece it's the ability to, to de-stress from a pretty intense uh, industry that, that, that these guys live in as well. And I think the other part of it was the uh, integration and, and the ability to mix with um, uh, supporters and key supporters and, and other football-related people to start building your networks and start looking at what a career looks like outside of footy. And I think those are the things from the social and, and definitely that connect connectivity perspective that these guys miss out on, unfortunately. They get paid a lot more money now and they work harder and they try a lot harder and everything else that goes with it. But I am really uh, uh, have a genuine interest in, in the transition from where they go from living that, uh, you know, you know, I think the average AFL uh, career now is four years, living those four years and, and the best come out 10 or 12 years and they're well equipped and being well paid. But it's those guys are in the system for three, four, five years and they come out and have to go and rebuild or restart their careers to go and uh, um, live the, the rest of their lives. I think that's really important that we, we, we support that and focus on that as well. Uh, some good points. But I remember, uh, you know, we're talking about professionalism and the talking retro rounds that once upon a time, instead of ice bars after a game, the, uh, the recovery process was to be a slab of uh, VB cans, <laughs> a slab of Cokes, and whatever what hadn't sold at the MCG canteens, pies, pasties, right. would be drop, dropped off for uh, recovery after a game. So, But there's certainly, there's certainly something about the, um, the camaraderie, the togetherness. In fact, I went to a professional rugby union club uh, last year, and 
in the south of France and there was a sign up on the wall I said to the coach uh, what's that it basically trans um, you know it was uh, it meant professional head amateur heart and uh, what that meant was the game keeps on moving professionally but don't forget about why you play yeah. the club so the beer after the after the game and the spending the time together was still really important so points to hoppy makes are still uh, really valid. Yeah, absolutely. Hoppy, 113-odd games for the Ds. Uh, 94, we've already chatted to Todd about 94. Take us back to 94 because you played some of your best footy, um, played finals uh, against Carlton and Footscray um, before getting over there out to the west and unfortunately getting pipped by the Eagles. Take us back to 94 if you can. Yeah, I think 94 was a great year and, and I think of all the years that, that I, I played at Melbourne, I think it was probably one of the best groups that we did have. Um, and again, from a talent perspective, and we got a bit of momentum there. It was um, a really exciting year. I think, you know, we had a forward line with Lyon, uh, Nate Swartz. I think Jakovic was floating around. Martin Pike was playing as well. Sean Charles it was pretty dynamic. The midfield was really strong. With I think Stinger was All-Australian that year. And uh, Todd and Glenn Lovett and, and Jimmy obviously dominating through there as well. And a, a reasonably solid backline to hold it all together as well. It was um, um, really exciting. I remember um, uh, the final series and we beat the, the Footscray, who they were back mm. in the day, the Bulldogs. I think Gary um, kicked 10 that day. Gary kicked 10. He loves talking about that one, which was pretty good. I think he was off at three-quarter time as well. And then Carlton, and you've got to remember, Carlton won the flag in 1995, and they reckon yeah. it's one of the best Carlton sides that they've put out on the park or in AFL history as well. And we, we beat them in that 94 final, and the side wasn't too different to that. Um, so we're on a bit of a roll. We came from seventh and unfortunately lost to West Coast over there, which were all too strong, who went to go and win the flag. But, um, yeah, really talented group, talented side. And, um, yeah, we could have uh, had a bit of luck. With a bit of luck, we could have um, gone that little bit further. But, um, yeah, it is what it is. Now, Paul, off the football field in recent weeks, we've seen you take up a bit of acting. Demon Brew is David Neitz's new uh, beer. How'd you go in that little ad commercial filming session? Uh, ben, that's a really good question. Um, since that was released at six o'clock on Friday evening, I think the text messages and the abuse and the uh, emails that I've had from everyone I know has been um, out of this world. Uh, definitely no Matt Damon. Um, <laughs> Uh, Nina and I have been in the, the brewing industry for a bit as well, brewing a beer and um, doing one for, for um, really supporting Neil Danaher and the Fight MND campaign. We've raised over $270,000 for, for the campaign through the beer and, and, and the stuff that we've been brewing along the way. And then we decided to release with, with the footy club a, a demon brew um, with a bit of a retro look to it, um, going back to the olden days with the logos and so forth as well, which has been quite exciting. So, um, and the uptake's been really good. So, yeah, going into acting, I was the uh, gimmick out of it all. And just to make Nita look good, it was good to have a bit of fun. It was right, actually. Have have him uh, stand out and, and be the uh, the uh, true star that he is. Hoppy, now listen, you're a very successful businessman. You obviously know how things work. Now, you should understand that there's front of house people and there's back of house. <laughs> and know your old play role on old footy analogy, but uh, you're definitely the brains behind the operations, mate. You're not the front front face. Ah, uh, that's what it's all about, Todd. It's what you said about there. Again, it's gone viral, which is what we wanted to tell you. <laughs> I'm copping some genuine heat from uh, everyone I do know, which is uh, all part of it, especially my kids who are totally embarrassed by the Hoppy. <laughs> Hoppy, who do you still uh, knock around with? Obviously, your role in the past players is obvious, but uh, who do you love going to the footy with? 
Oh, look again, myself and Nita, we, we sort of come through the under-19s together with the last of, and, and we swore the last of the under-19s before it got um, uh, changed to the under-18 comp back in the day. So uh, we're obviously pretty tight. But again, you know, uh, Stephen Tingay, um, Andy Lovell, still spent a lot of time catching up with him as well. Um, how, Quinter, how's Stinger? Who, how, how, is he still the same in terms of the rig? He's actually lost weight. Has he? Uh, we won't go to it and he's lost it, which is just ridiculous. <laughs> my, um, wife, my wife still talks about him a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, Didn't you guys do a calendar? Him. There might have been the odd calendar. Yeah, I think there was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's the nude picture on the Herald Sun that he took on his roof oh, in Brighton. That, that was, went that down was, as well. She's ridiculous. still got that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he's, he's going well, mate. He's got a personal training business. He's actually coming. He's in the chairman's spot on Saturday, actually. So he's coming to the oh, footy terrific. and... Uh, he's uh, ticking along, does a lot of property development, but um, you know, and plays a lot of golf. He's, he's got it all worked out, Stinger, that's for sure. Hey, Hoppy, great memories. Um, thanks, mate. It's always a pleasure to bump into you at the footy. Thanks for joining us on Inside Melbourne. No problem at all. Great work, guys. Thanks. Bye. See you, Hoppy. There you go. Paul Hopgood will be back with your questions from the out of Todd Viney after this break. Thanks to our co-major partner and podcast sponsor, Zurich, For over 100 years, they've been ensuring the people and things you truly love. And just like you, they truly love footy and truly love Melbourne. Welcome back to Inside Melbourne podcast brought to you by Zurich. Starting with questions from the outer from Marcus. Todd, what bloke gave you the biggest hit whilst you were playing? Well, there was was a few. um, You gave out a few as well. (laughs) Yeah, I think um, I got my fair share. But um, I think uh, Dipper did. Got me a couple of times, in fact, the Big Dipper. But the one I remember the most, uh, and I never thought I ever suffered from concussion, but when I look back now, um, Darren Mullane, a famous uh, Port, uh, not Port Adelaide, Collingwood player, um, he gave me a sling tackle on the MCG. The ground was rock hard, and I saw saw birdies, you know, just in the side, and uh, didn't have any vision for uh, for a period of time. So probably Darren Mullane. Uh, Simon of Bremer. Uh, asked about Simon Eichold. Um, wants to was he intrigued as to what he's doing these days. Uh, he says, can he make amends for that missed goal all those years ago by returning his coach? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's a very good coach. He's had an outstanding uh, coaching career up in the uh, Goulburn Valley. Coached to Chuka. He moved to Echuca. He's, uh, he's got his own business in yeah, property right. valuation. Very successful businessman now. And he's got a uh, beautiful family up there. When I moved to Echuca, we spent a lot of time with the the Eicholds. And uh, no, he's going really well. As I said, successful businessman. Been a very successful premiership coach for the Echuca uh, Footy Club. Um, and he's still up there doing well. Sam English wants to know if you thought you were the best looking rooster back in your playing day. And Karen Knight said you were. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks very much, Karen. No, look, uh, certainly had some competition there. As we spoke about before, Stephen Tingay seemed to be a real favourite, uh, and we had a couple of calendars. I don't think we we're professional <laughs> models, but uh, things you look back now and, uh, and cringe at. People will forget that you actually took a bit of time off to do some tennis coaching. Um, that, yeah. uh, I, I actually, when I was just doing my research in the lead-up, I was like, geez, that's right, Todd did take, what, six months off, was it? To well, it sort of, um, how it sort of morphed out, you know, I was doing some work with uh, Mark Philippoussis yeah. and uh, Peter McDamar, um, who just unfortunately yeah, passed. passed away the other day. But, um, yeah, Mark uh, came back from a trip, I think it was 1996. I'm, I was vice-captain of the footy club yeah. at the time. Uh, it was just probably that point of time where I was starting to think about the future, what I was yeah. going to do next. And then all of a sudden, Philippoussis says, will you go and travel the world with me? And I thought, well, that sounds all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I actually retired from footy, uh, packed our house up, and I went away on the tennis tour with Mark Philippoussis. Right. And 
unfortunately things didn't work out as well as I thought of it, that they were going to work out and we were away for about probably only eight or nine weeks but I actually retired from footy came back and then mid-year yeah and then played and Six did my hamstring about my second game is back is that right yeah, yeah. Okay. but uh, no it was one of those experiences that you look back and think what did I do that for but in, in, uh, in effect it made me love the game even more Absolutely. came back and sometimes uh, you need those yeah, those moments do you yeah. still play tennis no, I just don't seem to find the time. Yeah. You know, just busy I with the... Uh, still go all right, though. Yeah, and I wouldn't mind having a <laughs> Fans were asked to send in a favourite memory. Jeff White sent in just another tap out of the centre in 1998. How did you enjoy playing with a young Jeff White? Oh, it was amazing. Like, and it truly, I mean, I was lucky enough to be a uh, rover or rover back in the old talk to Jimmy Steins. Uh, Jimmy's strength wasn't his ruck work. He was getting around the ground and Jimmy used to... So, Jimmy, you said you are going to hit that ball to 9 o'clock. He says, yeah, but I got spun around um, <laughs> and uh, hit it to 3 o'clock. But when Whitey came, he could jump over everyone. I mean, the, the centre bounce as we know it now, the rule changed because of Jeff, Jeff White's leap. He could take a running jump and just jump over everyone. So, all of a sudden, Whitey came in and he was putting it, uh, you know, five metres outside the centre circle and me running onto it. So, it was like, um, you couldn't ask for anything better. Another, yeah. sorry. Oh, sorry, you touch on Jim. What sort of memories do you have with him and the character that he was around the group? Uh, unbelievable character. Um, what what I remember, I was number 12, obviously. Jimmy was number 11. So um, at some stages of my career, I had Jimmy at number 11. Number 12, mate, Alan Jakovic, number 13. So there was characters galore. Jimmy would be rubbing or having a burning candle or scent candle, you know, trying to get his injuries right over a cork thigh and really weird stuff. But obviously he had the game's record for most games played at one stage. But... I uh, would do anything to uh, get up and win, uh, which I really respected as a teammate. Another memory uh, happened up on up at the Gabba, Sean Smith's Mark of the Century. Um, yeah. How do you rate it? Mark of the Century. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I've seen a better one. I don't, don't think I've ever seen anyone get any higher. Mm. I don't think I've seen anyone as uh, confused and dazed as Gary Lyon did after <laughs> getting the studs in the back of his head. <laughs> Dander wants to know who benches more, Jack now or Prime Todd? Well, that's a good question, very good question. Uh, but no, I think Jack might get me. Um, unfortunately, I was cut down in my prime. I uh, snapped my peck trying to do a personal best uh, uh, bench press. Um, and Jack's probably the strongest player at the club on the bench press now, so uh, I think he might get me. Um, just a couple on this week, obviously, take on the Magpies. There's uh, a lot to play for from a pride perspective. Uh, yeah. Really important that we, uh, that we get one over the old enemy this weekend. It is. It's uh, really important. And Simon Goodwin's been on the record saying that we're still playing to win. Yep. We're trying to get better with every week remaining. Uh, it's been a really disappointing year, disaster, and I'm sure everyone listening would be in the same boat. So, no, we're playing uh, to, for pride. We're playing for next year, setting ourselves up with a, um, a good couple of wins in the last couple of rounds to get some momentum going into pre-season. Um, so to beat to play Collingwood, MCG is really important. And, um, you know, we're... We've shown little bits and pieces. We still haven't put four quarters together, so hopefully this week we can do it um, and have a good win. I mean, wins are special, so we need to keep going. One last one from Hayley. It's a nice fitting one to finish off. She asked, how does it feel to work at the club that you played for, was captain of, club champion of, and now getting to see your son do the same thing? Well, I mean, I do have to pinch uh, pinch myself sometimes. It's, uh, it's It's been a dream come true. The club's been a huge part of my life. It's given me so much. The person I am now has been hugely shaped by the, the people at the Melbourne Footy Club, um, fans, supporters um, and mentors, my teammates. So, no, uh, the Melbourne Football Club is uh, is a huge part of me and it's great to see 
Jake doing well. It's great to see the footy club in a, in a good state. I know this year's been really disappointing, but hang in there. We've got some really exciting times coming and to be part of that rebuild and um, a special time. It's going to be great when eventually it all comes together. Todd, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. No, thanks, Clint. Thanks, Ben. Thank Benny, you. well done. As always, uh, Melbourne Collingwood, MCG 145 this Saturday. Make sure you are there. As Ben mentioned, pre-game entertainment, Jeff Farmer, Peter Dacos in that goal-kicking challenge. I reckon the Wiz might get him. It is retro round. Collect those Zurich retro footy cards at the Zurich marquee on game day. There's a few good Photoshop jobs, so you'll have to have a look at those. Oh, nice tease. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Todd. That was Inside Melbourne with thanks to Zurich.